What's cracking, big dogs? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas, and I am introducing you to a pair of titties today. If you can guess who those titties are, you will get a free bottle of ketchup. Whoa, don't show your face. Oh, they know who you are now. That's my ex-girlfriend. She broke up with me today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Bike to our regularly scheduled programming. No more beast things. We are building off of yesterday's video. Five players that are most likely to end up on championship rosters. Flip it, put your thing down, flip it, reverse it. Five players unlikely to end up on championship rosters this season. It's a new, it's a new month. It's a new beginning to life. It's officially football month. We have 11 days until first football Sunday in which I want to die because I have to go to a wedding on the first football Sunday of the NFL season. I feel like that's absolutely inhumane. I feel like that's punishable by no one showing up to the wedding. Like that should be, whatever. All right, five players, five players, five players that are most likely not to be on championship rosters in 2021 fantasy football. I'm ready to roll, I'm ready to get into it. I got to stream, actually, I'm streaming every single night this week at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, make sure you hit the notification bell and make sure you tuck your damn shirts. Stop yelling and let's eat. I would like to start off by saying there are uh, a decent amount of teams that have their buys very late in the season. So we have a lot of week 13 buys. We have a lot of week 14 buys this year, which is uh, tough for fantasy football. Okay, this is a 17 game season now. They expanded it one more game, which means the regular season expands to week 18. So a lot of you guys' playoffs are going to be weeks 15, 16, 17. Having week 14 buys can be a detriment to your team. So that's something to consider when you're looking at maybe a tiebreaker or something like that. The teams with week 14 buys, we have Indianapolis, Miami, New England, and Philadelphia. Indy, Miami, New England, Philadelphia. Okay, so three AFC teams, one NFC team. I don't know why I just said that. It has nothing to fucking do with anything. But the first player on this list that is the least likely to end up on championship rosters this season is Joe Burrow. The Cincinnati Bengals offense has an incredibly tough schedule down the stretch. From weeks 12 through 17, you are looking at an absolute madhouse of defenses, except for the final week. But we'll start in week 12, where they have Pittsburgh, Chargers, the 49ers, the Broncos, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. Pittsburgh, we know, is an all-world defense. L.A., should be a much better team. Should be a lot better on defense. Derwin James back. Good defensive players back. They've been unhealthy. If they put it together. They're going to be a dangerous squad on the defensive side of the ball. 49ers are good on, on defense year in and year out. Denver also wildly unhealthy last year. They will be a very, very underrated defense this year. Baltimore year in and year out. They're a problem for opposing offenses. So you look at that week 12 through 16 stretch and it's absolutely brutal for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals offense. And I've showed you the splits of Joe Burrow versus Cleveland and then Joe Burrow versus everybody else. He put up like 35% of his entire season statistics against Cleveland last year. And when you look at the two games versus Pitt and Baltimore compared to the other eight games that he played in his rookie year, it's ugly. He's going to have a tough, tough time in that AFC South, bro. That is that is brutal to have to play both Pittsburgh and Baltimore week 12-16, and then the three games in between Chargers, San Fran, Denver. It's gross for both Joe Burrow and honestly Joe Mixon too because a lot of these defenses are well-rounded defenses where – they're good against the pass. They're also very, very good against the run. So Mixon's a, a guy who, if he can hold up until week twelve, I have confidence enough that he'll be he'll be he'll be seeing enough volume that will be uh, 
it will be fine with where he's at. But this is just an offense that if you were on the fence about them, like the down the stretch type defenses that they have to play against are ugly. Moving on to another offense that you might have been on the fence about another tricky quarterback situation, uh, another gross schedule down the stretch. It's Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, and probably Devontae Smith, okay? We look at Jalen Hurts' schedule. They're one of the teams that has a week 14 bye. So that's already a fucking L for you right there. If you're fighting to get into the playoffs and you have players on this team, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Miles Sanders or Devonta Smith or Dallas Goddard or whatever, they are not going to be the ones to send you into the playoff. They're not ship chasing you because they're not going to be in your lineup in week 14. If you do get into the playoffs and you didn't need them in week 14, they have to go against Washington. Now, Washington has a very good chance to be the league's number one defense this year. So you have Washington, then you have New York, and then you have at Washington in Week 17. So they have to play Washington twice in the two playoff matchups. Again, that's going to be a total avoid defense when it comes to fantasy this year. New York, they're, I think they're going to be a slightly underrated defense as well. Uh, the problem with New York is they, they were actually very, very good against uh, wide receivers and very good against just the passing game last year because they brought on James Bradbury. And James Bradbury was actually like a lockdown number one cornerback. Devontae Smith is a guy who's probably going to struggle down the stretch here against Washington, New York, Washington again, which means Jalen Hurts in the passing game is probably going to struggle a little bit too. So this might be an instance where you just fade entire offenses. We have Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, just tough, tough, tough sliding down the stretch. You have Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, probably Miles Sanders, who I'm already telling you guys to fade. Very unlikely to be on championship rosters because you're not winning against a team like Washington on the road if you're Jalen Hurts, okay? And moving on to, I guess, the last kind of group of offenses or players on an offense is this Minnesota passing offense. Now, I'm a little bit higher on, you know, I, I, I added both Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen to this. And you could put Justin Jefferson in this as well if you want to. I feel like he's good enough. If you're a pure separator and a route runner, I'm not really worried about you having to beat opposing defenses, especially when you actually have a real number two like Adam Thielen. So they can't really double bracket you or whatever. But they have an extremely brutal uh, schedule down the stretch as well. Like from weeks nine through 17, there's only one positive matchup in there for opposing passing offenses, and that is Detroit in week 13. But otherwise, you look at fantasy points per game allowed to the quarterback position last year at Baltimore, L.A., which, again, is going to be healthier and much better. Green Bay. And they have Jair Alexander locking down whoever, you know, Jair Alexander actually went against Adam Thielen last year when he was in shadow coverage. So we'll see what they do this year. I doubt that they play against Thielen and he'll probably be on Justin Jefferson. But they're at San Francisco after Green Bay. At Detroit is obviously the one premium matchup that you'll be fine starting anyone from Minnesota. But then after that, weeks 14 through 17, Pittsburgh at Chicago, the Rams, and then Green Bay again, a good pass defense. Okay. So this is a brutal, brutal slate over the second half of the year. And this seems like it's a defense or an offense that you might just be trying to sell high. The first half of the year is way, way easy, easier for the, So if you're in a super flex and you draft a Kirk Cousins, maybe you want to try and flip him for someone after week seven, after week eight or whatever. Same thing with an Adam Thielen, who a little bit older, maybe he slows down down the stretch or whatever. As we saw the statistics kind of flip flop between Thielen and Justin Jefferson over the second half of the year last year, maybe Thielen slows down again. Again, I'm a little bit higher on Thielen right at this moment than I have been all offseason because Irv Smith is out. And this is going to be a complete target funnel to Thielen, Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook. So the Minnesota offense is very, very locked in on just a few players. But, I mean, this schedule is as tough as it gets for opposing quarterbacks and opposing wide receivers. At Baltimore, at L.A., Green Bay, at San Fran, Detroit's the easy one, Pittsburgh, at Chicago, L.A., Rams, Green Bay. 
So that that is really, really tough. Some honorable mentions, I guess I would say, would be the Panthers wide receivers for sure. Uh, they're not guys I'm too high on because I don't actually think they have a great ceiling to begin with. DJ Moore doesn't score touchdowns. Robbie Anderson, he was really, really inefficient on a per-target basis last year. He got a ton of volume. I don't think we see that again with Terrace Marshall coming out. One of the things you have to consider when you're looking at guys who will probably fade out over the second half of the year when you're looking at guys that probably won't be on championship rosters. I could sit here like yesterday. I talked about Javonta Williams probably being on some some rosters that go off at the end of the year. I'm not going to sit here and say like Melvin Gordon because, you know, he was never some, a piece to a championship offense to begin with, but he'll probably fade away by the end of the year. You look at rookie wide receivers, you look at rookie running backs, you look at older veteran players who might slow down or have their role taken over by a younger player. So those are guys to consider. And we look at the Carolina Panthers, like one, they have that week 13 buy. So that's leading up to the playoffs. And then in week 16 and 17, which are the actual semifinals and the finals of your playoffs, you have Tampa Bay and the Saints. Two very, very, very tough defenses there. So they could, I mean, they're going to struggle against Tampa Bay, of course, in the passing offense. And then going off that rookie wide receiver notion, we're talking about Terrace Marshall here, who's already kind of shown the fuck up in preseason. And he looks like the rookie that people got excited about to begin with coming out of LSU, joining forces with Joe Brady again. He knows how to use him, and it's clear that he's going to use him the correct way because he's been absolutely lights out this preseason, right? So Terrace Marshall is a guy that over maybe the first half of the year, he's playing on just three wide receiver sets. Maybe he's just uh, playing the slot and doesn't get any work outside. You know, he's a guy who's playing 50 to 60% of the snaps. Second half of the year, he could be a guy who starts to move up and starts to actually eat away at time from Robbie Anderson or maybe be, you know, I, I don't want to say they're going to sit DJ more, but Terrace Marshall is a guy that is going to come on and probably eat up some targets, eat up some volume, eat up some red zone looks. He's a really big target and a really strong receiver in those tight spaces there. So I could see a world where Moore, Anderson, Marshall all do fine for fantasy. Very similar to last year, but none of them are like league winners. None of them are going to help you win your championship. None of them are going to actually put you over the edge and move the needle here. And Marshall hurts all the other receivers in this group. And again, week 13 by Tampa Bay, New Orleans in the in the semifinals and the finals. So those are the list of guys that have brutal schedules over the second half of the year, have tough playoff matches, have week 14, week 13 buys that are not going to help you get into the playoffs. We got Joe Burrow, we got Joe Mixon, we got just the passing offense of the Cincinnati Bengals, who I'm not very high on to begin with, because who knows if Joe Burrow is even fucking healthy by that point in the season. Their offensive line still stinks. Joe Burrow, they said he's not 100% mentally healthy yet, which is a very, very big part of coming back from an ACL tear, not just physical, but mentally. 12 to 18 to 24 months to really, really solidify yourself back from that. Jalen Hurts again by week 14. Washington twice in the final three games of the season. Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, the whole Minnesota schedule over the second half of the year is absolutely brutal outside of one week of Detroit. Then the Panthers, tough, tough scene. Terrace Marshall coming on, tough playoff matchups, week 13 by. Those are guys that I'm probably sticking away from in my drafts because second half of the year, you ain't going to be happy. Or you could draft him and then trade him when the second half of the year hits. Just know that you heard it here first, okay? That's all we got for today's video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button if you enjoyed. And we've got our draft guide. If you have a draft coming up this weekend, make sure you go to bdge.store. You'll be able to buy the draft guide, which is everything you need to prep for your fantasy football draft. We also have our big dog and goat memberships available on the site, which will be for more exclusive access. You'll be in the queue in the private Q&As. You'll get our in-season weekly rankings, all that good shit. All right, so bdge.store. Subscribe to the channel if you're new, and I shall see y'all on tomorrow's video which is going to be 10 players that i will not draft but i probably should be okay i'm out i love y'all peace
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.